2: How you doing, Bob? Oh. You're already bust, <laughs> busting stuff up in the in, in the studio. Uh, Bob Stefanowski joining us here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. How you? Take a deep breath. You're I,
1: good. I just sprinted from the parking lot. Yeah. I hate to be late.
2: I, you know what? I am the same way, so I get it.
1: I didn't factor in the school bus. You know, I apologize. First you day, you got of behind the school. school. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, you gotta stop. You know how you
1: see like half a mile ahead, you're like the bus. Please don't take a right. <laughs> right. And then it does, and then you're. And then you, you know, obviously
2: church. you don't want to do anything crazy because you don't want to be a, he- <laughs> you don't want to be a headline of like no. you know, uh, a gubernatorial candidate seen passing a bus there you with go. the stop sign up. So catch your breath. You good? I'm good. You need good. some water? No, I'm good. Uh, you ready? to Want to get right at it? Let's go to it. I think. Uh, by the way, I are you? Um, where are you headed today? What's happening?
1: I'm actually going up to Millstone to look at the plant up there. Um, I've never been before.
2: you going to get an inside tour?
1: Yeah, yeah, it should be good. A lot of employees up there. A lot of well, state employees.
2: Well, you were at the pier. Yes- was it yesterday you were at the pier?
1: Uh, that was last Thursday.
2: Okay. So, you know, I've had a lot of people off the air email me and text me about all the bad stuff that's going on down there. Can you just explain to people what... What the issue is there? Yeah,
1: well, it's a three-way partnership between uh, the state of Connecticut, Orsted, and Eversource to do offshore wind, and the three of them jointly sat down and said, "Oh, we think this is going to cost." I believe the number was ninety-seven million. To make a long story short, the project is about three. Depending on who you talk to, it's two to three hundred million over budget. So my point on on Thursday was, okay, that's that's a bad estimate, but. You had three parties that jointly made this decision. So who's going to pick up the overrun? And who is? You think it's Eversource? No. You think it's Orsted? No. It's the people of Connecticut are picking up 100% of that overage. Now, first of all, that's not fair. Um, and if you had a governor who was a real business person, they'd sit down Orsted and Eversource and they'd say, let's have a little chat and find out why we're over budget and at a minimum at a minimum, split it evenly between the, the three parties.
2: Now, they is is the is the inference here that they're they're milking this for everything it's worth, or are there legitimate reasons for the overruns? Well,
1: it's under an FBI investigation, uh, which the governor's office refuses to make public. Um, there's been numerous FOI requests coming out of uh, Dave Collins at the day that have been stalled. I don't know whether it's fraud. Or incompetence but either way somebody has to be held accountable and you know who takes the hit every single time Brian the taxpayer of Connecticut because they're not at the table and Eversource gets away with it and Orsted gets away with it and governor Lamont says it's all under control well you know what it's not under control and you know what we could do with 200 million dollars we could fix education we could hire state troopers we could make the state safer And it's actually, I use the word disgusting. It's disgusting that that's happening and nobody's saying anything. So
2: there's two things at play here. Uh, we're talking with Bob Stefanowski, of course, Republican candidate for governor. And we have a lot of things I want to get to. I want to talk about this in, independent party kerfuffle. I, w- I want to talk about the turnover on your staff. I want to talk about some national stories that I want you on the record on. But you just bring up two things. One is your aggressive tone, and and two, the business thing. There's been much written in the last couple of days uh, about you know the Democratic Governors Association going after you and your business history, and you're pushing back on Lamont's business history. Is this and I, from my view? Um, there are some elements the two of you are too closely aligned so it's been and and with all the money that's in the coffers it's been difficult for you to get traction on certain points and that's just my opinion you don't have to comment on that but i like, guess this is this the the thing where you think you will get things to stick in your argument for why you should be governor it's not
1: about sticking or not sticking it's about blatant incompetence it's about a corruption tax governor lamont finally finally admitted last week when pinned down that he's raised taxes because he has but the biggest tax in connecticut brian is the corruption tax when you're wasting 150 to 200 million dollars at the state pier when the mayor of west haven is taking over a million dollars of money mount for covid to buy poker chips and marching bands where people people that work for her did and she's a certified public accountant and she's still in office People at Connecticut are tired of this. We don't have enough money to go around, and we're wasting it left and right. I'm calling it a corruption tax because it's exactly what it is. Governor's administration under an FBI investigation for fraud around school construction contracts. I mean, where does it end? I don't think this governor is a bad guy, but he's in over his head. He ran a company that had 100 employees. Now he's got 50,000 He's a decent guy, I guess, but he's in over his head. He can't control people. He can't control spending. And Connecticut needs a change.
2: So why is it that you think that there isn't more attention paid to these things? I mean, again, West Haven to me is, it's amazing that she's still mayor of that <laughs> it's municipality. It's amazing to me, and, too. And, but, and, and the New London Pier I've been hearing about for a long time. But why why isn't there more, in your opinion, of of a public, public furor over you know he what's thinks.
1: sad, Brian, is we've been beaten down so much in Connecticut. I want to talk about the news clips after, after we take a break, but people assume... The government is corrupt. That's the problem. They don't view it as a being unusual. Oh yeah, another FBI investigation, another steal of money. And part of what I'm saying is, governor, we don't have higher we don't have high enough expectations for our governor. We're able to go with this. Well, you know what? We shouldn't have to live with mediocrity or poor performance. People of Connecticut deserve better. They deserve somebody who's going to stand up for them. They deserve somebody who's going to go to Orsted and Eversource and say, we're not picking up that excess. And if you don't like it, we'll find another couple of partners. They're tired of people wasting money. They're tired of the lack of transparency. When I'm out in the field, Brian, people are not happy with what's going on in this state.
2: We, Matt, we got to take a break here? Okay, we had to take a great, quick break here. Bob Stefanowski, uh, Republican candidate for governor. We'll talk about this independent party issue. Uh, we'll talk about some of the turnover in his campaign. We'll ask him about whether he thinks Americans uh, making $125,000 or less should get $10,000 wiped out of their student loans. We'll get to all those issues, plus some of your questions here on Brian & Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. Uh, we're here with Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor. on Brian & Company on WTIC News Talk 1080. I followed really closely this independent party party convention and, and and i'll just state and i i, I support no candidate uh, I'm, I'm for fairness and i call it sure. like i see there's certain issues i'll disagree with you or I'll agree with you but this seemed really bizarre that cool. you know you had a four-point lead and then they went to rank choice which t- tied it and then the party head who had already voted broke the tie Right, and so, and we went over that pretty. You know, we talked about it on the show. My question to you is: There's a cost-benefit analysis you got to go through here. Is it worth mm. it? And and can could a court intervene and actually do something about it? And what are you going to do?
1: Well, first of all, they could. Uh, the chairman of the party has admitted that he broke his own rules. So
2: he said he can because they're allowed right.
1: wiggle room. So then you get in. I, we're still thinking about it. I mean, the reason to do it. And I'm not saying it doesn't have anything to do with me, but because it does. But we had people, there was a blind person from Stanford that got a ride up to vote. One woman missed her birthday to come vote. We had people coming down from Litchfield County, a two and a half hour ride to sit in a hot room for three hours. What about those people? What about those people that wanted me to be the independent candidate? So he's not even trying to to defend what he did. He's saying it's wrong. The question is, can he break his own rules? My question is, why have rules at all then? Why even have a caucus if well, you can just do what you want? Right. Why didn't they just anoint their candidate? Why put everybody through that that pain and suffering? So we'll see what happens. Um, so right you know.
2: now there's no explicit plan to, to go to court, or there is?
1: Uh, we don't know yet. Okay. We don't know yet. The, I was hoping the Secretary of State would look at it. You would think they would be concerned about the integrity of the vote. They passed. So everybody's kicking the can down the road. You know,
2: from their perspective, they, I think their take is when they don't have a viable candidate, they'll put their weight behind somebody who's already on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And they think they have a, in, in Ro- Rob Hodling, have a viable candidate. But then to your point, like, why go through this process? Because it doesn't look good. Just th- pick them. I mean, this- why
1: why drag people out? Why have the discussion? There's a lot of other things everybody could have been doing. If it's right. not going to be a fair election, just say up front. but It is what it is.
2: You lost in 18 by 44,000. There's potentially, I think, 30,000 independent votes in play here. Not that all would vote one way or the other, but how big a loss is it not to have that second line on the ballot?
1: My problem in 2018 wasn't uh, the independent line. And I shouldn't say problem because he's a terrific guy and God rest his soul was Oz Griebel. I lost by 40,000 votes. He had 54,000 votes. Um, A lot of those votes would have been mine, not all of them, but he was for lower taxes. He was supporting police. He was for smaller government. And that was in line with what I was saying, not Governor Lamont. So listen, I can't worry about the ballot. What I worry about is what people are suffering with out there. And that's what we're going to address.
2: We're talking about Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor here on Brian and Company. So you, you have the staff turnover, you have a new campaign manager. And listen, I just cite 2016 for Trump. He had a lot of turnover and he won the, the White House. But the optics are what they are. Uh, why the change? I'm not going to ask you, like, is this a sign of, you know, you're in trouble? I'm gonna ask you why you make the change and what are the changes? Like I've already seen in you, like, listen, yeah, a little more intensity., yeah. I, I think you definitely, if you're going to get traction, you need to go after uh, yeah. your opponent. But talk about why you made the changes.
1: A campaign, you know, Brian, campaigns have constant change. Governor Lamont changed out a bunch of people in May, June. Nobody said anything about it. So if the if I hope, Democrats keep spinning this out of control or whatever. I feel better about this campaign sitting here today than I ever have. And we're starting to go from preseason, which is pre-Labor Day, into the, you know, into the, basically into the World Series the day after Labor Day. We're perfectly positioned. We got a broader uh, platform than we did last time around. And the people of Connecticut are hurting. And Governor Lamont's ads out there are, are inaccurate at, at best, a lie, you know, probably realistically, okay, so and we're me, gonna call t- him on tell it. Tell
2: me quickly, call him on it. What, what specifically are you he referencing? He
1: tweeted last Tuesday, he's the first governor in 30 years to not raise taxes, and thank goodness Paul Paul Hughes at the Republican American pinned him down and said, you raised the, ga- you raised the gas tax, you put a tax on food, you're taxing down low. So then he had to backpedal and said, well really, I meant I haven't raised tax rates. He's lying, he's lying about my position on Roe v. Wade. And you know what, Brian, it's embarrassing. For a sitting governor who supposedly is so far ahead, for him to be blatantly lying, he should be embarrassed of himself. It's not what the state of Connecticut deserves, and it's not what the state of Connecticut needs.
2: And we'll give uh, Governor Lamont, he's been on, he was on for a stretch a couple weeks Bring ago. Bring him in, let's do a debate yeah, together. Would, <laughs> I'll call him on
1: that line. He's got nothing to say. I would love that. I'm I would sure. love he, it too. Bring he, him in. He now. Would he's great. probably at
2: home having cereal. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, but were you too nice before? Like, are you, Was that? Were you too nice before, like in approaching it's this? It's not
1: side? about me and nice
2: or me No, like but like, I mean, like, you, listen, I've known you both. Yeah, and you and like you said it yourself. Like, he, you know, you say he could be a decent person, but you're separating the person from the candidate or the politician. And I, yeah. I say the same about you. Both of you, thoughtful and off the air, you know, very respectful, and and but is this the shift that you're like this? And I got two months left, and I and I ha- I have to let the screens down and just let it fly. This,
1: this is not about me and my tone. This is about the people of Connecticut who have been suffering, not for four years, but for twelve years under a Democratic governor. Look where we are. When we go to the break, listen to the newscast. Right, you had two shootings. Um, in Weathersfield, You had um, a- another hostage situation, I believe it was, in East Granby. You've got 90 teachers short coming to school. We've had all summer to fill that. Why are there 90 teachers short in, in Hartford? You have a loss of SNAP benefits. You used the phrase, food desert. Why do we have a food desert in Hartford? We've lost our perspective. People listen to the news when you go to the break, and you tell me whether Governor Lamont's doing a good job or right, not. Right,
2: but then they push back and say, listen, uh, Bob Stefanowski... Has been took money a lot of money from poor working class people with. Whether it's the payday oh, loan company on. or First with this buy, no as you view, there. no, I'm First just of saying, all, I'm this- proud of
1: what I did with that company. Twenty percent of the population has no access to credit. We gave people access to credit. We built their credit histories. We allowed—they were going to loan sharks. We allowed them to get back into a mainline banking system. We got praise from the regulators about what I did. So, you want to talk about something that happened eight years ago that I'm proud about? Let me just finish. Yeah, yeah. Versus people not being able to eat in Hartford you got to
2: be kidding well, me. Well, I mean, the, listen, the rates relative to the, your cohort were lower, but it's still an exorbitant in interest rate. Let's
1: go back to, to the 2000s where Governor Lamont uh, was a member of, a, of an all-white uh, golf course. You want to go back that far? I'm happy no, I'm to just, do I'm it. just telling you what's We need out there. to fix the people of Connecticut. Now listen to what goes on when you play the news. It's incredible that you're even asking me that question with what people are going well, through Well, what right it now.
2: struck me as interesting is that, you know, I, I would have thought all this stuff went through— the laundry in 18 He's running a
1: 2018 campaign he wants to talk about trump and i guarantee you've already mentioned trump once i guarantee you're going to ask me again about the break i hope he does that because trump is irrelevant to this state election what's relevant is that people can't get food in hartford yeah. and that in ansonia right now there's a lockdown on a street and that police are leaving by the dozens by the hundreds because of police accountability bill that's what we're going to focus on you want to call that aggressive that's fine i right. call it taking care of the people of connecticut
2: so I think the issues you bring up that are for, focused on Connecticut are valid. My point is that I I don't think Trump is irrelevant, and I say it for two reasons. One is Leora Levy won the Republican nomination to run for Senate. A, and, and B, and B he he you need to have that base of Republicans. So if, if they have to believe in you, and he's in the center of a one, an historical you I know was potential this court weekend. case. Today. I probably
1: met with two hundred people at different fairs. You know how many people ask me about Donald Trump. Zero. The media wants to make it an issue. The Democrats want to make it an issue. And you know why? Because they don't want to talk about 40 year high inflation. They don't want to talk about the out of control crime. They don't want to talk about why our state troopers are down 400 troopers and that they all are not fans of Governor Lamont, I can tell you that for a fact. They don't want to talk about the corruption in Hartford. So they don't want to talk about what what, what taxpayers really care about. The media does, but I can tell you no one else does, Brian. And I'm honestly, genuinely saying that. Not one person asked me about the former president. More of them asked me about Joe Biden and why he's given money away like water and why inflation <laughs> is out of control like it's never been before. I, you know, you're not going to ask me about Joe Biden in the next half hour. No, probably. but I can.
2: And listen, I think the inflation argument is is actually potentially a bit of a trap for you. But real quick, can you just explain to me, because I don't like to let little lines go by. Sure. You say corruption in Hartford. What do you, talk, what do you mean when you FBI say that? FBI
1: investigation of the Lamont administration on school construction contracts alleged racial discrimination by his former head of Department of Human Services. Uh, FBI investigation of the port, um, you know, on the shore over there. Um, uh, you name it. Uh, semaphore. We haven't even gotten a semaphore yet. Twenty-six million dollar contract, no bid to the governor's wife when he's got unilateral authority of the entire state. We can well, spend I'm the not next gonna, hour talking about corruption. I'm not going to rehash that corruption.
2: argument. I'm not gonna That's the fine. Sem- you asked me semaphore. about corruption. No, I'm no, no, I mean, you. but I was saying when I think I think of Mayor Bronin, and I just want to make sure well, you're. I don't, don't about, even go there. Right. I could go for an hour. Well, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, we've had
1: more corruption and 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 less transparency in our state than we've had in decades with this governor.
2: We'll take a quick break. Uh, Mr. Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor here on Bryan & Company. We'll ask about, I know where he's going with the student loans, but I do want to bring it up. And also, uh, we will talk about electric vehicles because nearby Massachusetts may go the way of California. We'll see what uh, Mr. Stefanowski thinks about that. We're here with Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor here on Bryan & Company. Uh, you went to a couple of fairs. Where have you been? I mean, I, I haven't been to any. In a, I mean, my favorite was the Goshen Fair yep. when we had a place up in Morris, but we're, we're Where have you been? I'll tell you
1: the most interesting was, was in, in Bridgeport. Um, first we went to the jazz festival on the green, but they, I don't know what they call them now, house parties where they, like other, other cities have had them. Like a block party? Yeah. And there were like bands all There must've been a thousand people out there. Really? Really amazing. And right downtown. No, this was in a suburb oh, okay. uh, over by Fairfield, uh, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. But they kind of blocked this. Sh- I felt like I was at a a frat party, but I was like the sixty years too old. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs>
2: That's fun. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it's a good time of year in Connecticut. And I, I actually, you know, we talked off the air about this gap between the haves and the have-nots in Connecticut. I mean, Connecticut is a great agricultural state. I mean, I just we did this thing on tobacco last week and whatever you think of the morality of tobacco, like the agricultural aspect of it is is just, you know, pretty unbelievable and labor-intensive and takes a lot of energy. And when I talk about energy, you know, California says by 2035, no no gas-powered vehicles, period. Now you hear Massachusetts very well may follow suit. And I'm curious as to how you view the future when it comes to something like that.
1: Yeah, well, climate change or whatever you want to call it, it, it is definitely a problem. And, and I think we have to find alternate sources of energy. Um, there's everything out there from green hydrogen to electricity. And I think we need to move in that direction. The one caution I give is you can't do it overnight because it becomes una, unaffordable for people. Um, again, Would you
2: as governor uh, support that? Support what? By 2035, eliminating all gas-powered vehicles? And- I
1: don't know what the year is. I'd have to look at the details. I can tell you, though, if we had added a TCI tax like this administration wanted to, thank goodness we fought it off, gas prices would be even higher than they are right now. So I think you got to balance the technology and the long-term goal with people being able to afford what happens currently. You saw that bus that caught on fire. I forget what town that was. Do you remember? And they had to let it burn out. Right you couldn't touch it i mean we got to make sure we do it safely we got to make sure we do it aggressively because global warming is a problem but we also need to do it safely and and in a way that people can afford it
2: so we're moving in that direction but you just want to be thoughtful about i I think a lot of times
1: it's a political statement somebody will get up and say i'm going to eliminate it by this year they have no idea whether they're going to eliminate it by that year you can't project out to 2035 So they're trying to do the right thing for people understandably concerned about the environment. I get it, but we should come coming up with practical solutions, not big campaign promises that are 15 years out that nobody knows whether you're going to deliver or not.
2: So you talk about, you know, to me, like the question becomes Then where do you get the power for it? And we talked off the air about how natural gas is at like 950 and it's like triple what we're used to seeing. If you were governor, how do you, you know, we have the highest electricity costs of any of the 48 contiguous states. So as governor, what would you, and we're in an intense inflationary environment as it comes to energy, forget about the other stuff, and I'll talk about inflation because I have some opinions on that too. How would you deal with that if you if you take over well, the governorship? Well, first of all,
1: we have to start being tougher on the energy companies. The Pura Board, Public Utilities Regulatory Authority, it's gotten better. There's a new commissioner, I have to admit, has, has more teeth and she's she's been doing a good job. I would expand that board. I would replace and expand it. I would put a couple homeowners on that board. Probably the problem with Connecticut is we never talk to the people that are impacted, whether it's teachers, whether it's kids, whether it's people paying electric bills. They should have a seat at the table. Right now, energy is not on a paid performance basis
0: in Connecticut. Eversource gets paid. A- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, are listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from
2: mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. Guaranteed return, regardless of whether service is great or horrible. We need to hold these energy companies accountable. We're sitting on over $5 billion in the gold dome up there. Why do we need $5 billion? That's more taxes that we've taken from people that we don't need. We're headed into the fuel oil season. Can you imagine what it's going to cost to fill your oil tank?
2: So what would you do? What would you do? We should be putting
1: some assistance programs in there for people. We should be thinking about it rather than when it's too late. Look at Hartford today. Perfect example. They start the year with 90 less teachers than we need. How long have we known about that? Why don't we increase the pay a little bit to get the teachers filled? Why don't we provide some incentives to get teachers to work in Hartford? We've got $5 billion that we're sitting up there, and kids are going to school in Hartford today I agree with having that. a substitute I teacher. Agree. I agree, we don't, but we're talking about energy. That's what I'm we're talking do. about
2: the possible doubling or tripling of energy bills in the in, in the winter. And well, see.
1: I would have six months ago, I would have capped the rate that Eversource can charge. Now it's a little bit late. Six months ago, I would have looked at the forecast for oil prices and see what we can do about it the problem with this administration is they're reactive not proactive I'm going to be proactive. School safety. What have we done to increase the security of schools across the state? Well, it's a we municipality by a municipality some, choice. Well, but we should be giving the municipalities some money to do it. We should be doing a statewide audit of schools to see whether there are doors that open and, and that there's multiple areas of entry and egress. There's a lot of things that we should be doing. We should be making sure that police security guards are ample. I know of a town right now that is supposed to have 90. They're down to 30 because they don't have the funding to do it. What we tend to do in Connecticut is wait for something bad to happen and then we're going to react. When I'm governor, we're going to be proactive, we're going to think ahead, and we're going to put the policies in place before something bad
2: happens. We're talking about Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor. So, uh, the $10,000 student loan forgiveness, um, you know, I had student loans and a lot of people did, and I paid mine off. My wife's, you know, I won't age her, but she just paid hers (laughs) off a year ago from yeah. her graduate school. Yeah. Uh, just before I give any of my subjective takes on this, you know, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, two things. I mean, number one, if, if you've got a state university like UConn, and I'm the head of the state, I'm going to make sure that the tuition at UConn stays affordable for people so they can go to UConn without taking out massive loans. So it starts with the education system. Look at Yale. They've got a $46 billion or some ridiculous endowment. So first of all is control the cost of education. Second of all, we need to invest in our trade schools. College is not for everybody. You can come out of one of these schools with electrician or some other and have 15 job offers. So should we deal with the student loan problem? Yes. But again, to me, it's being proactive. I got a buddy and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there worked 80 hours a week, never went on a vacation, save for his kid's education, right? Bought a used car, never a new car. He gets zero back. So other people who, it's an equity issue, Brian. So you, not would saying, not,
2: well you, you do not support the move?
1: I, gotta, I don't know what I would do if I was him, but I'll tell you, I'd start with reducing the price of college. I don't think what he rolled out, $10,000 to people that have the highest student loans, is fair. I think we should have done something for the people that that were able to pay off their student loans and are now getting zero. I think I don't know what you think, but I think there's a definite equity issue here.
2: Well, my my take on it, honestly, is is I feel like it just smacks of a little bit of a uh, a midterm election. Yeah, well, you I, know, that's true. And yeah. and so for me, it doesn't attack the root of the problem, which is something you reference, which is I, I I don't look at it just from the school perspective of what they charge. I also look at it from the, the loan business and I'm not a big fan of a big government but I do think that the student loan business should not be a for-profit business because I don't think we should take advantage. In le- I paid eight and a quarter.
0: Oof, <laughs> I paid eight and ouch, a quarter on my, my... Yeah.
2: Wow. But then I ended up, you know, I ended up circulating zero zero percent introductory offer credit cards until I paid it <laughs> off, whatever. That's what I did. But my point is, is that if, if you want to get your, your population educated, you shouldn't profit off the loan. The, well, the loan you business. know, we
1: got to provide scholarships and tuition assistance for people that can't afford it. And that's absolutely fine. My niece went to the sound school in New Haven. They live in New Haven. She ended up going to Brown. She got the support she needed to do it. But coming in and painting everybody with the same brush and giving everybody ten thousand dollars to your point to try to improve the reputation of Democrats before the election, it's not right. It's not yeah. fair.
2: It's a lot I mean, I, I don't I I haven't talked to a lot of people and again we don't talk to a lot of millennials on the show, but it's one of those things that's not really a partisan reaction. People are reacting personally to this they're like, Well, and most of it's because I, I worked my right. tail off and, and I pay, paid my stuff off. Uh, we're going to put a pause button here real quick to get a check on weather and traffic. And then we'll finish up with Bob Stefanowski. We really appreciate the feedback I'm getting on social media as well for questions and some insights. Uh, we're here with Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor. It's late in the game, but if you want to uh, shoot me an email at brian.shackman at odyssey.com or on Twitter at shackman, If you have any comments, we've had some some interesting feedback from people so far. I wanted to bring up inflation, and then I'll tell you what my my, my takeaway mm. is, and then you can you can bash it or do <laughs> it what you want. Is that it's it's uncomfortably high, yeah. and I I think that people don't understand. We saw forty six billion dollars added in credit card debt over the summer, and that's because people are living their lives the way it is now. Yet. Prices for everything have gone up. You know, not just ten percent, but twenty and thirty percent plus in other areas. But now we saw we saw, we saw oil peak. Uh, we've seen gas peak, and gas has been down. I mean, I think it's had a couple of days where it was even or, or not quite. But it's basically for two two months straight has gone down. And I paid three fifty eight at Costco the other day. Who knows where it'll be in November? But there's no doubt that it's moderating. If you look at futures contracts from everything from cotton to sugar or whatever, so. If oil, if gas is at three dollars in November, is this an issue you can win on?
1: Well, first of all, I hope it comes down because you know people are struggling with it. Um, I think the issue in Connecticut is not well. Inflation's a problem. Um, if you look at our the, the budget, it's four billion dollars higher the Connecticut state budget than when Governor Lamont came into office. I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing $4 billion of benefits down there. So we need to control government spending, number one. And normally, the Fed is in a tight spot right now, right? You raise interest rates too much, you start to see unemployment. So the other thing we need to focus on going forward is jobs, creating more jobs. And, and I think when people look at who they want to elect, who's the best person to get us through a recession? Because I think a recession is coming. Is it the guy you know who worked in big companies with billion-dollar budgets, or is it a guy who ran a small cable company? And I think I can get us through this recession because it's coming, Brian. It requires discipline. It requires an elimination of the corruption tax. It involves job creation. And that's what we should be looking at for this election.
2: So when you talk about jobs, because I'm focused on, on the cities a lot, and Hartford especially, because I want it to succeed, because I don't think if Hartford's not vibrant, it hurts every. It hurts the whole state. And we see this commercial real estate. Uh, you know, the, the workers aren't coming back. And if they come back, it's going to be a fraction. And there's only so many residential units you can build in Hartford. And so I'm just curious, how do you bring a and, – and Governor Lamont has painted himself as pro-business and, it, and it, it, certainly more pro-business than previous governors. So, A, what do you do – I mean, no one's been able to solve the Hartford problem. And B, um, why are you more of a pro-business well, governor to, than if, if you talk Lamont. to
1: mid-sized business, they're not pro-Governor <laughs> Lamont, I can tell you that. Why is the, that? Well, the first thing we should do is pay off the $400 million um, unemployment insurance loan that we took out in the middle of COVID. Most states have. Governor Lamont's sitting on $5 billion. I would pay down that loan day one and take some of the pressure off small business. The second thing you hear is absolutely burdensome regulation some of these companies are hiring a full-time person just to fill out the forms that they need what
2: are the regulations that are onerous there oh you're i don't know all and, the details and, you know
1: I, I was in bridgeport one day at deli and it was a, actually it was a corner market and they wanted to add a deli and there was beautiful equipment just sitting there i said why is it sitting there he said well first the planning inspector came out then three months later the health inspector came out then three months later another and it took them nine months to get that 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 equipment that shouldn't happen it should be 3 days he wants to he wants to help the community get through these food deserts so you got to cut regulation. You hear a lot of complaints about Katie Dykes, the head, the, the head of uh, energy and, and services. We got to streamline government. We got to make it easier for people to do business. We have to support our trade schools. Pretty much every small business I see in this state is dying for people with basic engineering skills, computer skills. There's not enough out there. We need to reintroduce the trades into the curriculum in high school. I had woodworking. Yeah, of course, and, I sucked and, you know, at it. You know, and metal shop, and yeah. and some kids have an aptitude. For that, and they all shouldn't be going to college. So, there's a lot of things we can do, but you know what, Brian? You have to care. And what you hear in Bridgeport is we saw Governor Lamont four years ago, we never saw him, we got our education funding cut, and now that it's election season, he's dancing around all the jazz festivals and everything else. And they said, you know what? We don't believe him. And we're ready for change this time.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting that trade schools are, are ticking up. And I think that there have been a lot of good programs. I don't know where they came from, whether they came from a municipality or, or, or where, but they are. Because um, I for a stretch, you couldn't find a, you know an electrician under the age of 60. No offense to you, Bob, being 60 plus. But uh, <laughs> my question is back to Hartford. Yeah. I mean, it's a capital well, it city.
1: with education. It, well right, but I mean 16- forget about
2: these like these blanket things like we have a city where we don't have enough vibrant businesses we have the commer- the the big companies the insurance companies are not bringing people back you have empty buildings and you have a, a lot of areas that need permanent residents and it, there's not a lot of hope
1: well, if, if you start to, and again, I know you don't want to talk, well, education is where it starts though, Brian. We're spending $16,000 a student in Hartford and 40% of them aren't graduating from high school. Then it gets to tax. Do you know the mill rate in Hartford is like 60, 63 mills? Any any city with a mill rate of over 35 is bankrupt.
2: Right, but they do because they don't have enough businesses and, and residents. They need more people in the city to pay taxes.
1: You got to create vibrant cities. You got to invest. I can H- rem-
2: how. I suppose, I mean, you well, might not. Have, you're opinion, not a magician. I understand, you know, but what is listen, your mindset about how to opinion, do it? In my opinion,
1: five years ago, instead of giving five hundred million dollars to a city that said they were going to improve, we should have flushed it through bankruptcy, gotten rid of the debt, and started over. And most towns that have done that have done well. But again, it wasn't Governor Lamont. It was Malloy. He didn't have the courage to do it. So what did we do? We gave them five hundred million million five five years ago. And you know what? They burned through it. They're bankrupt again. It's still a desert. It gets back to leadership, Ryan. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to make the tough decisions. This government has it, and people are tired of it.
2: I have one. The question that you didn't want me to ask, him and I ask it anyway here, and then I'll give you one last uh, opportunity to talk t- directly to the— The folks in connecticut uh the search of mar-a-lago um you know you know with with donald trump you don't think he's relevant i i think he is relevant and how do you toe the line being much more socially moderate than the right wing of the party
1: i could care less right i've come out and i've said if um president uh former president trump was involved in any way in january 6 he should be held fully accountable Joe Biden is the the elected president of the United States. We shouldn't be worrying about that. I don't like the personal side of Donald Trump. I got three daughters, I never liked it. He had some good policies, he cut taxes, he put America first, but you know what, Brian? It is absolutely irrelevant to the state of Connecticut. They're gonna try to bring that in as much as they can because they don't want to talk about the fact that there were multiple shootings this weekend. They don't want to talk about the fact that the SNAP system went down and people couldn't eat in Hartford this weekend. They don't want to talk about how kids are going back to school six, 12 months behind, and we should be investing in that. They don't want to talk about the fact that we should be investing in our police force and giving them the respect they deserve. They don't want to talk about the fact that parents should be able to raise their kids without government getting in the middle and talking to their kids about social issues that should be talked about at the kitchen table. That's what we're going to focus on, and that's why we're going to win this election. People don't care about Donald Trump's house getting raided. I honestly don't care, Brian. I'm not running for Senate. I'm not running for president. President. I'm running to make the state of Connecticut better, and that's what we're going to focus Will
2: on. Will you campaign with Leo Levy?
1: I, I I don't know what I, I, she's going to be out there. I'm going to be out there. The platforms couldn't be more different. Um, I'm going to campaign for the state of Connecticut. You see Blumenthal and, and, and Lamont hanging around together every week, and I don't know why. Maybe they're both worried about winning. I'm worried about the state of Connecticut, and that's what I'm going to focus on.
2: Uh, Bob Stefanowski, Republican candidate for governor here, joining us on Brian and Company. Uh, 30 seconds. Just, yeah. you know, the last thing to distinguish yourself. Uh, just uh, And we're going to have to talk to you much more between yeah. now and November. I'll come but, on, every week. This is But fun. you never know. Who, who's listening at, at yeah. any given time. So, the, you know, where are you now in terms of the biggest distinction between you and Governor Ned? Well, Park?
1: we need a change, and, and I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to support law enforcement. I'm going to reverse. I'm going to bring back qualified immunity. We need to protect the men and women who are out there trying to save our lives. I'm going to hold bad cops accountable, but the 99.9% that are doing the right thing, protecting us, I'm going to support them. I'm going to give parents the right back to raise their kids, Government is not gonna get in the way of a mom and her child anymore. And it's happened both in Connecticut and nationally. I'm gonna make Connecticut more affordable. And it's not just taxes, it's electricity rates, it's insurance costs. It's oil bills. We're going to actually push back. We're going to use some of that surplus that's sitting in a bank account in Hartford for $5 billion. We're going to use it to help the people of Connecticut get through this rough time, and we're going to turn it around, Brian.
2: Where are you going to be today? You know what you're doing?
1: I'm, doing, uh, I'm going to head over to Millstone after this. I'm All really right. looking forward to seeing it. I'm back on the air with Todd Feinberg at 540. <laughs> He'll probably ask me a lot easier questions than you but really I okay. I thought I thought, I thought no, you, you were very I fair. thought
2: you controlled the, the yeah, pace of play today actually I and I, I love was got
1: gonna... on here because you got a different audience I, yeah. I the more I can get out there and tell my story versus Governor Lamont trying to define me as some extreme uh, extremist the better off I am
2: well I'm an independent and I want people to get the full story so I I'm not in anyone's pocket and I try to be an equal opportunity you know, supporter and critic, sometimes I'm, I'm not as savvy in the conversation as, as I could be, but I appreciate the time. And I think it is important for you to it talk is. to all, all stakeholders here in Connecticut, oh, not just anytime. not just preaching to the converted. So let's it's,
1: get it's, Governor Lamont in here and me at the same time. I'm working
2: on it. Right. I'm working on it. Have a great day. Bob Stefanowski, Thanks, Republican everyone. candidate for governor. Have
0: a good week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.